I didn't even want to come tonight. Anybody else didn't want to come tonight? I just didn't want to come. Can I just be real? I just didn't want to come. And, and I even told Pastor Mo, I said, I think I'm going to let you just teach tonight. And he said, sorry, I came. Brother Rick was broke down on the other side of New Orleans. He came. <laughs> I said, say my brother Rick broke down because uh, Brother Rick was here. Pastor would be in here. I was just, it's just been a day. It has just been a day. And, you know, I don't usually get wore down like that, but I'm just wore down. I just felt like I've been battling and battling and battling all week spiritually. I just, I'm wore out. And, um. I mean, the devil hasn't won, but man, I'm tired. Spiritually, I'm tired. And uh, we had something happen uh, the other night with Hayden. And it was a, we haven't had a spiritual warfare like that in our house in a while, and and it, it's all good. And and um, Hayden then got resaved, and hallelujah. And so it's been nice, but the devil ain't happy with that. And it's just been a battle, and all the stuff happened at the school, and. And uh, now listen, I sent my kids right on over there this morning when everybody was like, don't send your kids. I'm like, they full of the Holy Ghost. I commissioned them. I prayed over them. They, they were just fine. I told them if, you, if your spirit is not comfortable, call me. Other than that, you there. I mean, if you're not there, who's going to pray for protection? Like you get over there and pray. And it was fine. They did good. But that devil is not letting up. I mean, he is just. And so when I know it's because we've done declared war on what he thinks is his, but it's not his. And so, um, I don't know, within the next couple of days, you just need to be watching your email, and, and I think we're going to call for a fast just over our community. Um, and then, so we pro- that's probably going to be coming up. And then I think we're going to do a prayer walk around this community. I mean, we just got to get out there and start claiming territory, you know? Because the devil ain't playing fair, but you know what? Neither do I. Even when I'm tired. I'm like, I'm just, no way, no way am I going to lay down and let him just have it because I'm tired right? And so um, it's been a week. So as I was studying yesterday and today for this, I I was studying with a very heavy heart and just not because a lesson was bad, just because there's a lot going on spiritually that's happening. But um, I kind of want to start here. And so if you haven't been with me, I'm sorry that I'm just in the middle of a book, but it's good. You'll get something out of it. But we've been talking about dreaming big and, and stop limiting what we think God can do by what we believe. Like we have to believe for the big stuff so God can perform the big stuff. And so I kind of just want to go back a little bit. Um, chapter seven, if, and this was, if you have the notes from last week, it'll be on there. But there was a question that was asked, is there a limit to God's power? And we know the answer to that is no, we know that. But so here's what the author says. Have you answered the question? There are only two options, yes or no. And until you come to the conviction that God's grace and power knows no limits, you will keep drawing small prayer circles. We're talking about drawing a circle around prayer. That's just kind of for what you're believing for. Once you embrace the, the powerness, the, the, how powerful God is, how present he is everywhere, you'll draw ever enlarging circles around your God-given, God-sized dreams. So how big is your God? Is he big enough to heal your marriage or heal your child? Is he bigger than your positive MRI or your negative evaluation? Is he bigger than your secret sin or your secret dream? With God, it's never an issue of can he. We talked about that a minute ago. It's only a question of will he. And while you don't always know if he will, you know he can. And because you know he can, you can pray with confidence. And so now I want to just jump into where we're going to start today. And if you're in the book, I'm on on page 75. The name of this little section is called 15.5 billion light years. Now, what I was wanting to do before I was so tired was I was going to bring Miss Sarah's big old whiteboard in here and draw this for you. And that didn't happen. So I need you all to go on the left side of your brain and put on your imagination cap. 
okay? And so as I read this, I'm going to read it slow so you guys get an idea. There's a scripture in Isaiah 55, verse 9. And it's in the NIV, if you want to throw that up there real quick. Isaiah 55 and 9 says this. As the heavens, I was going to read it up here if you put it on, but as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And that's, and what God's saying there is that you sometimes have no idea what I'm thinking or doing because as much as you can think about it, it's higher than that. And so here's what I want to say to that. So this, this chapter, uh, Hey, how many is doing a Bible study with me? Don't you feel like in the Bible study, you get part English lesson, part science lesson? Anybody felt like that? Like, I feel like I'm back in school. I'm learning English and science. So when I was doing this chapter, I was like, here we go with another science lesson, but okay. So here's, here's the thing with that. Um, while God's power is technically immeasurable, we don't really, can't really measure his power. We just know that all the power in the world, imaginable, I was going to say in the world, but even bigger than that, is God's power, right? The prophet Isaiah gives us a glimpse of uh, God's power, how powerful he is by comparing them, his power to the size of the universe. The distance between his wisdom and ours and his power and ours is likened to the distance from one side of the universe, not the earth, the universe to the other. Because it says in Isaiah, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts and your thoughts. Okay, so let's break that down. So I just need everybody just to follow, like, think, like, uh, imagine, not think, just imagine. Okay, I'm going to just read it right from here because I can't hardly wrap my mind around it. The basic unit of measurement is a light year. Light travels at 186,000 miles per second. So we're going to measure this by a light year. Measuring it by it traveling 186,000 miles per second. Um, so just a little illustration. So if everybody can just snap their finger, if you can snap. In the time it took us to snap one time, the light circled the globe six times. So if you, can, if you can try to imagine that, by the time it takes us to snap, that's how fast light travels. Okay? Everybody's with me? Okay. To put this in perspective, the sun is 94.4 million miles away from the earth. Just put it in perspective. Miles. We're going to measure it in miles here. If you were to drive to the sun from the earth, it would take, and you would go 65 miles an hour, and you never stop for the bathroom. Straight driving. It would take you 163 years to get to the sun. Straight driving. Okay, that's how far the sun is from the earth. Okay. Now, when you feel the sunshine on your face, it left the sun eight minutes ago. That's how fast light travels. It's that far away. It takes you 163 years to drive 65 miles an hour. But to leave it to get to us takes eight minutes. Okay, so everybody's kind of getting an idea of how far we are and how fast light travels. Okay, if you think that's a lot, think about this. The sun at 94.4 million miles away is the closest star, the nearest star in our tiny galaxy that we call the Milky Way. So that far away, it's the closest. 
Okay. Let me see where I'm at here. And so there are 80 billion. I mean, I don't know about you. My mind can't hardly think that high, but there are 80 billion galaxies in the universe. And if you gave every person, if you divided that up with every person on earth, we would get at least 10 galaxies each. That's how many galaxies there are in the universe that what we call the Milky Way, okay? So I don't think when we get to heaven, we're going to be bored. Because by the time we are worshiping and exploring, it's just a whole, I think in the book he says it's a great big sandbox. There's a lot to do. Okay, so in one minute, light travels 11 million miles, the speed of light, Okay. In one day, light travels 160 million miles. In one year, light travels over 5 trillion miles. The outer edge of the universe is 15.5 billion light years away. Now, you understand that light travels fast. And still, it's 15.5 billion light years away. If you can, can't comprehend that, it's because it's virtually unimaginable. I was going to try to draw it when I was like, That would have been funny. Uh, Yet God says, with all of that in your mind, God says this. That is the distance between my thoughts and your thoughts. Let that think in. Let that think in. Let that think in. Let that sink in to your thinking. How about that? Let that sink in. God says, that little picture I just kind of drew you in your mind, which we can't even really fathom is how higher my thoughts are than your thoughts and my ways than your ways. So the author says here, I thought it was a good point he made here when he says this. On our, be- our, on our best day, our best thought falls 15.5 billion light years short of how great God really is. Think about that. On your best day, your best thought of God whether it's he healed my body, he saved my loved one, my best thought of who God is and how great he is, it's still 15.5 billion light years away from how great he really is. I mean, that's, that, when I was studying this, I was like, I'm overwhelmed by that. Like, we really have no clue, no clue how great God really is. We will have a clue one day. One day the Bible says we will be looking with unveiled faces and we will see the glory of the Lord. And I think that we will, I know we will be amazed because in my mind, the best thought of the best person that can do the most stuff is don't even still touch. It's not even in the same galaxy as what God can do. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. And, you know, we use that scripture a lot of times when, you know, people are, well, I don't really understand that because we try to make God human. We do. We all do. I do it too. We try to make God human. I don't really understand what God was doing. No, it's <laughs> our thoughts can't even comprehend his thoughts. It's so not even in the same galaxy. It's so far away from how he's thinking, how we're thinking. So if, with that being said, if, if he really is that good and we really believe he's that good and we're really going to believe the word of God, then why do we, would we ever doubt him? Ever, one time. You know, this week we had the shooting in Las Vegas, which was a terrible, terrible, senseless act. And, you know, I, I'm, I don't like watching any of the news, but 
pastor does watch Fox News sometimes. And the other day he said, let me just, I just want you to see the comparison. He flipped it over to CNN. And I'm like, in the midst of 50 plus people's families that are dealing with this senseless act, all we can try to find is who to blame. All we can try, and then, you know, I heard one report was like, well, where was God in this mess? And I'm just thinking, you know, the day we try to put God on our level is the day we have done him the biggest disservice ever because he's so much greater and so much higher and his thoughts are so much higher. And you want to get down to the real root of the problem when we start doubting God and we start questioning, making questions like that. Listen, those questions should never come out your mouth because there's not an answer for that. I mean, the true answer is he's right wherever you were. Where were you? Right? And so there's not an answer. There's just some things that we will never know this out of heaven. And as much as I hate it, I just have to accept it. But the truth is, we make God that small. We put him on that level. And we start thinking, how can a good God allow bad things to happen? When what we don't understand is that his thoughts are so far out of the same galaxy as our thoughts. That he's like, if you could only see how all these pieces were working together. And in the end, it's going to be for my glory. The truth is what I was going to say before is that we only feel that way when we don't get our way. And that's the truth. I would never, ever, ever want my loved one or even anybody I know to pass away. Especially senseless like that. Um, if you on my Facebook, you follow me. I'm doing this health journey thing that God just put me into a group of amazing people. Um, one of our health coaches was there and, and got killed. And so we have been on our little health group thing. We've been praying for the families and and and, and not ever not everybody's Christians. Most of them are, but we start getting the questions. How can you pray to a God who allowed that to happen? You know, and here we are. Here we go. And the truth is, we question God when we don't get our way. Because when, we're, when, when God's answering all of our prayers and everything's happening for us, he, man, God is great. He's so good. He's so wonderful. He's great. But let one bad thing happen and all of a sudden doubt creeps in our mind. And we wonder where that comes from. That comes from our selfish nature. That's why we have to really learn to start living by the spirit. Because if I do what Chantel wants to do, I wouldn't be here right now because I wanted to stay home in my pajamas and curl up under my bed and I just had a bad day, Right? But the Spirit said, no, I've called you to be a witness to the people on this earth that there is a God. That's what he's called all of us to do. So I put my pants on, put my shoes on, and got dressed for church and came on over. Now, Brother Rick didn't break down. I don't know what happened. <laughs> hopefully the Spirit would have rose up and said, you got to go. But <laughs> I really didn't have a choice. But <laughs> hopefully, hopefully I'd have done the right thing. But, you know, that's when, when we start giving into our selfish nature is when we start doubting God. And so I'm going to just challenge you with something. I'm going to challenge myself too. When I start feeling a little pity party for myself, I need to ask myself this. Why are you downcast, oh my soul? Why are you downcast? On my worst day, when nothing is going right in my life, he's still a good God. His thoughts are still higher than mine. His ways are still higher than mine, and I have to trust and sometimes I think, because I get, you know, um, the audacity of me to think this, I think, God, I'm not sure why you did that. If you if I, I thought you should have did this, and it, like, I, like I can even think I know what's best. 
for myself, much less this world, right? Because the truth is, none of us are capable of saving ourselves. Yet we try to play God in so many situations. And I just want you to remember when we do that, his ways are so much higher, 15.5 billion light years. Snap your finger, six times I just circled the earth. Six times. His ways are so much faster, so much higher, so much greater than ours. So that's what we have to remember. Good stuff? Okay. So, so, so now the wisest among us underestimate God by 15.5 billion light years. He's able to do that much more than we can think or imagine. So how big is your dream? Because that's what we've been talking about, dreaming big dreams. But I can tell you, however big it is, it's not nearly big enough. If what you want out of life, if your prayers, because I know we talk about dreams, but that can be prayers. If your prayer, think about your prayers. If your prayers that you're praying every day are something you can do, they're not God prayers. There is no way with all the knowledge I may have could heal somebody of stage four cancer. There's no way. There's, matter of fact, there's not many people in the world that can do that. There's a few doctors that can help with cancer, God-given knowledge, but, but God can. And he, this is what he says. I don't need you to, to heal stage four cancer. I just need you to believe that I can. That's the easy part, but we try to make it so difficult with God. I don't need you to believe that I can save this marriage. I mean, I don't need you to try to save this marriage. I just need you to believe that I can save this marriage. I don't need you to feel like you can get an extra job and help your finances. I just need you to believe I'm your provider. I just think somewhere along the way, God's saying, you call yourself a believer. I'm just waiting on you to believe. It's easy to believe the things that we can manipulate. It's easy. It's really hard to believe the things that we have no control over. And that's where faith walks in. And that's what we're talking about here. We've got to be dream big dreams. But your dreams have got to be bigger than what we can do. Man, when I got my little journal, and I still have a few down here, and so did, like writing, it's so secret, I don't even want to show anybody. Because it's scary. It's like the impossible things. And it's scary. And I say, God, this is like, this is my diary. I don't want anybody to read but you. Because it's a scary. If this happens, it would be scandalous that you would use me this way. But this is my desire. And this is my dream. And this is what I hope for. And listen, before I started reading this book, it wasn't nearly that big. I mean, God just really has been stretching me to like, can you believe me for more than that? Can you believe me for more than that? I'm like, how much more can I go? Like, how much, how f- much further can I go? Because I mean, at some point, my mind can only go so far. It's human, right? But God wants us to just know that he's bigger than that. So why not? Why not believe? Why not? He might just answer. I mean, what's the craziest thing you can believe for? Jennifer, that John's sitting right here with you every single service? God just might show up and show out because we know it's his will. So we're just praying his will. Whatever it is you're believing for, especially if it's his will. Is it God's will to heal? Do you have backing in the word of God for that? Then why are we even timid to pray that? Pray it with authority. Command it in the spirit. Is it God's will to save our loved ones? Then why are we not staking claim there? Is it God's will for us to have dominion in the earth? Yes. Pray that. 
Is it God's will for you to have a new Mercedes? I don't know. (laughs) Ask them. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? You see how we get? Lord, please give me that great job. Is it God's will for you to provide for your family? Yes. Is it God's will to give you the, the job that you think you should have? No. His ways are higher than our ways. Right? And so what we know is God's, listen, why don't we just stop even asking God for anything selfish and just pray his will? Because my goodness, if he shows up and just does his will, we will be blessed people. Let's just start praying his will and stop, you know, praying so selfish. Just God, just your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus said this when his disciples says, teach us how to pray. He said, all right, I'm going to teach you. Our father. Jesus is saying, here's God's, here's how you pray. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's his will? It's his will to heal. It's his will to save. It's his will to set the captives free. It's his will to bring glory to, it's his will for us to bring glory to his name. That's his will. We don't have to pray about that. But what if we just started praying and believing it and just start calling it forth as though it was not, call it as though, what's that scripture say? As though it wasn't, call it as though it is. You know, start seeing that. I don't know. That's not even a book. That's just some good stuff right there. Pray in his will. Okay, so let's look at something else. With those big dreams, here's what we're going to ask ourselves. When you pray these big dreams, whatever that is that God's put in your heart that you're praying. So you have to ask yourself this. Am I called or am I qualified? Moses felt this exact way. When God called him to lead the Israelites out of Egypt, Moses felt like it was too big of a job for him to do. It felt like he wasn't qualified. So he asked God to send someone else who was qualified. That is poor for the course because normally we feel qualified. We never feel qualified, but God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. The issue is never, are you qualified? The issue is always, are you called? So dream big, pray big, because if you dream God dreams, he will qualify you. Guys, here's the deal. Whatever you're praying for, whatever the big things are that you're praying for. And I'm saying the big things go beyond his will. His will is not the big things for him. It's the stuff that he already said he was going to do. I'm talking about the things in your life that you want for you. That you want to bring God glory, but God, could you use me? There are things in your life that God's put in there. There are passions that God wants to fulfill in your life, and he wants to use you. Of course, always for his glory, but he wants to use you. And so you say, and a lot of times, many, 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 many people will say this. I mean, I would love to do that. I just can't. No, the truth is, if you're called to do it, he will qualify you. We want God to qualify us, and then we'll step into what we're called to do. But God don't normally work that way because there's this little thing called faith. I think you heard about it before. And he says, no, if you will take the step, then I will qualify you because you're already going to be called for what God's called. Like if he's put that in there, he's called you to do it. So for example, um, I remember the first time I ever taught in front of adults I was scared to death because we had been youth pastors and I could do youth. I could do youth with my eyes closed. That was easy, easy, easy. And I remember the first time God put me in front of a group of adults to talk. And I, listen, secretly, I wanted to be Beth Moore. I was like, God, if I could, secretly, I wouldn't tell anybody that. That's who I want to be. The first time I ever stepped in front of a group of adults to speak, I was a nervous wreck. 
I, I was, I'm sure I did terrible. I was, it was so, it was, I was nervous. It was so, and I just remember saying this to God. I hated that. I hated it, God. I never want to do that again. I hate it. I really don't like adults. Please keep me with the youth. I don't. And I remember this. God, but, but something inside of me has a desire to do that. And I was scared. I know exactly what Moses felt like. Could you just send somebody else to do it? That's better. And God said this to me. He says, ask me. Ask me for what you want. And I said, God, I want the gift of teaching. I want to be able to teach. And he said, just start stepping out in faith. And I said, could you just make me a great teacher first? But that's not how God works. See, I wanted to just stand up in front and just teach great. And it'd be everybody just, well, oh, so great. Everything she said was so great, you know. That's not, it's the process, though. That's not how it started. That's not how it was the second time or the third time or right now. That's not how it is. But you know what? When I took a step of faith, and I knew I was called because the desire was there. I think back to my life. Now, I'm the oldest, so that means I'm the bossiest. But, and so I always told everybody what to do. And every time we played church, I was the preacher. You know how that goes with my two sisters. We played school. I was a teacher. We played, I was the boss of everything. And so, uh, and they'll still tell you that today. But I can remember in my bedroom, lining up my little stuffed animals and baby dolls, probably more baby dolls and stuffed animals. I can remember lining them up and getting my Bible out and practicing preaching with the door closed and nobody there. Like, that's just one of those memories that nobody told me to do that. I just remember doing that. And I didn't remember it until one of the times that I got done teaching and I thought, I'd, man, oh, I hate it. And then I remembered as a little girl, that was my desire. I wanted somebody to listen to me. <laughs> no, I just wanted somebody to listen. I couldn't get those other two sisters in line, but I could get them baby dolls. They were all doing what I said to do. We play school, and I, for a long time, I thought I wanted to be a school teacher because I just wanted to be teaching something, right? And I just thought, you know, whatever is inside of you has been there from the beginning of time. Like, God put that in there. So we have to stop waiting for God to say, okay, now you're ready to step into that. We have to just step into it because once, once you step into that call, then he'll qualify you. Very rarely will he qualify you first because he wants an act of faith on our part. So whatever it is you're wanting to do, if you're wanting to teach Sunday school, if you're wanting to do a bus ministry, if you're wanting to sing in the choir, whatever you want to do, do children's ministry, whatever it is that God's calling you to do, do missions work, Whatever it is, just know that God is waiting on you to, to be called. He'll call to step into your calling, and then he'll qualify you. And so the question, and we're talking about that because we're talking about dreaming big. So you got to know, I think that was the last thing on this chapter that he's talking about because he's saying, guys, listen, I, you need to dream big. But then the next part about just asking God and dreaming big is stepping into it. And once you step into it, just like Moses, I'll qualify you. And you'll be great at what I've called you to do. But it's all, always a process, always a process. You guys don't know still how sometimes, not all the time, because you're family, so it's easy, but how nervous sometimes I still get speaking in front of adults. And then no one will ever know except God how I go home and totally critique everything I said. And God forbid if I have to listen to a CD. I'm like, oh, geez, <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> I don't know how y'all sit here and listen to that. But you know what? I'm stepping into my calling. And there's no greater time that I feel fulfilled than when I'm doing what I'm doing right now.
and leading people and helping people. It's my calling. Somebody asked me the other day why I wanted to be a health coach, and I said, I didn't. God, I wanted to lose weight and get healthy because I was tired of not fitting in my clothes, and God said, then live out loud, to which I said no to God, to which he said, then that's disobedience and I can't bless you. And I said, God, I don't want everybody to know all my business. And he said, you live out loud anyway. They know all your business anyway. He, because I'm called to help people. And whether it's body, soul, or spirit, I'm called to help people. Because it's a total person, right? So whatever God's calling you to do, take a step of faith. And just be obedient. And you know, just, let me just be real with you. The biggest fear of doing that, health coaching, or teaching, or pastoring, the biggest fear is what people are going to say. And I will say, it doesn't matter because i got to stand before God. I answer to him. The truth is, we have a fear of what people's opinion are. And once we get past that, and I'm going to be misunderstood sometimes. I don't mean to be. I will be because the devil hates me. I will be misunderstood. People will take my motives wrong. The end of the day, I know the Father's pleased with me. And if I'm not, I know that too. So live your life out loud. Dream big. Do the God things. Listen, where God's taking this church, we're gonna, you, you can't wait on us as pastors to say, okay, I need you to do this. You need to say, it's what God's calling me to do. I'm stepping in it. Pastor, I'll have you blessing. I'm ready. And once you do that, God will qualify you. So if anybody wants to teach, some Wednesday nights are open. If you feel called to teach, you can step into that. I do not mind letting you have your chance. Sometimes when we hear the answers to prayers that others have experienced, it can be discouraging instead of encouraging because we wonder why God has answered their prayers but not ours. Okay, so now it goes into that. So you're hearing my stories and like, God, okay, that's great for Chantel. You're doing great in her life. You're answering that. But I think sometimes here's what we don't know. Let's remember that answers rarely happen as quickly or as easy as we testify to. See, it's real easy for me to testify about where I'm at now. But there was, that was a process. There's always a backstory to where that's happened. There, I mean, I can remember a time I taught one time and I got done teaching and Mo said, hey, I just want you to know that you, something you said that wasn't biblical. I was like, what? Then <laughs> I felt terrible. I was like, what? And it was innocent, but he's like, I just, you know, it, oh, I can't teach again. I'm just, I'm going to steer him in the wrong direction. You know, you make mistakes. And it wasn't intentional, but I'm, I just remember that there was the process of that. Lord, please help me when I open my mouth. Please let them hear you and not me. Because I, I really have nothing to say. You have everything to say. And the only reason I know, and sometimes I feel like I get up here and I'm talking about myself too much. But honestly, it's, the, it's, my, only, it's, time, it's my only experience I have. I can only give you what I got. And so sometimes that has to be about me. But you all have the same story. You're just not up here with the microphone. And the only reason I'm up here with the microphone is because you haven't stepped into your calling. So step into your calling, and then you can be up here sharing your story and giving God the glory for that. And he will qualify you to do that. Okay. Sometimes, so we hear the peepers, and we just, we just forget that there's usually a backstory to how they got there. We are quick to celebrate the answer to their prayer, but the answer probably don't come as quickly for us. That's how we think. And many times we have disappointments on our way to the promises. Boy, don't we ever. So what do we do? We pray. Sometimes the power of prayer is the power to carry on. It doesn't always change your circumstances, but it gives you the, the strength to walk through them. When we pray, we can release our burden to the one who carried the cross. 
He is more than able to carry it for us. So what do we do as we're waiting on God to answer our prayer? We continue to pray. And sometimes that prayer is nothing more than the power to carry on until we see that answer. And I also know that some of my dreams and my prayers, I won't see on this side of heaven, just like Moses. And I'm okay with that because his ways are higher than my ways. And I know that as I'm praying those prayers, they're going to come about whether I ever see them or not. That's why on my tombstone, it's going to say she believed, dot, dot, dot. Now, I could use present, pat, present participle, or English lesson we got. Yes, I could use that and say, she continually believes. Because you, you know what? Long after I'm gone, my prayers are still being answered. Because, hey, you're here, right? Somebody was praying for you. Probably that mom or that grandmother. And it's happening. How many, just by show of hands had praying grandparents or parents, and as a result, you're sitting in this church. Absolutely. See that? Then prayers do not go unanswered. So you just keep praying. You just keep believing for God. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get into this. Let me just look at this one real quick because it's probably 7.30 now, huh? 7.28. Okay, I'm not going to get into it. Because actually, the, okay, so now we're going into the second part of the book. So we talk about, we've been talking about dream big. This part is pray hard. So we're talking about dream big. Now we're going to pray hard. So you know what? Instead of just getting into that, we'll get into that next week. Why don't we just pray? We're just going to spend about five minutes in prayer. If you could put on some music, but I'm still going to talk for the Donald. Did you hear me? You can put on some music. Just soft because I'm going to still pray over the music. Thank the Lord for our sound men. And I said two men in here. I didn't even see Brother Bernie over there. We have three men in here. And Austin, four men in here. So let's just pray right now. Let's just take about three, four, five minutes and pray. Lord, I just thank you because your ways are higher than our ways. Thank you, Lord, that your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Thank you, God, that even with on my best day, my best prayer, God, that it's not even close to your plans for my life. So, God, I can trust that you know best. God, I trust you, Lord. I trust your, your heart. Even when sometimes I can't see what your hand is doing in this earth, I trust you. And God, I release right now the, the, the spirit to dream big, to believe for the impossible, God. Because God, that's where you step in. So God, we're going to dream the big things. God, we've been dreaming and claiming in the spirit that you would give us Berwick as our inheritance. God, years and years ago, in the 1950s, you sent a man who had a burden to plant a church in this area. And God, through a course of several pastors, a church was planted right here that they called First Assembly of God in Berwick. And God, through that, there was plans, there was dreams, God, by these men of God for this area, for this city, for this church. And God, some of those dreams we've seen come to fruition. But God, there's been many more, God, that we haven't seen. And God, there's been even times, God, where we felt like those dreams had died. But God, your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So Lord, I have a dream. I have a dream that revival is going to break out in a small South Louisiana town called Berwick. And God, it's going to start in the high school. And God, it's going to start in the junior high. And right now, God, while, where the devil thinks he's making a name, God, for some crazy racial garbage, God, you're going to make a name. 
for yourself through that school. And where the devil thinks he's won, I just want to remind him that there's always a Sunday in the spirit realm where you come forth from the grave clothes, from what's held your glory back, and you come forth and you show out big. So God, I have a dream. I have a dream, God, that we're going to, that, that when people even drive through on the highway of, not Highway 90 in Berwick, God, that they will be filled with the power of your Holy Spirit. God, I have a dream, God, that this church won't even be seen as a church anymore, but God, as a place to go and get help. God, that it would literally be seen in the spirit realm, God, as the brightest light in the darkest place. God, I have a dream that in the corner of a waterway, you're going to pour out your Holy Spirit. God, I have a dream that we're going to be so deep in your Holy Spirit in a town called Berwick that there would not be a trace of cancer for anybody who is on this soil. God, that the divorce rate would go down. God, that people would call our mayor and say, what's happening there? Because all of a sudden, it's the most prosperous town in the South. God, I have a dream that Berwick won't be even known for a lighthouse, but it will be known as the light of the world. God, why not? Why can't we believe for the impossible here in Berwick? Why can't we? Because I sure tell you what, God, the devil believes it. Because if he didn't, he wouldn't be fighting so hard. So God, I believe, I believe God that you said in the last days you were gonna pour out your spirit. And God, I'm just crazy enough to believe that it could be, it will be in Berwick, Louisiana. Why not? Why not here, God? Why not now? Why not with us? God, could you raise up a people in the last day who just literally believe you just whatever your word says, they believe it. Could there not be a remnant? And can it not start here? God, I thank you right now for the blessings and favor that you've given us over this area. But God, it's not about Lighthouse Community Church. It's about you, Jesus. So God, I thank you for the unity that we have with the other churches. God, I ask that there will be a movement that would start right here that would unite all the Christians in this area. God, we claim that for November 12th, actually. We thank you for that. God, I thank you, Lord, that there will be things broken in the, in the spirit realm that's been a stronghold over this area for 20 years. God, we thank you for doing that. And I thank you, Lord, that there's going to be a fault before November 12th and after November 12th. Because, God, you're doing something great in the land. So help us, God, not to grow weary and well-doing. And when the enemy comes in, like he has been, God, that you would raise up a godly generation that says not today. And God, I know that you're going to do that with the youth of our community. But God, I'm not a youth. And I'm saying, please use me. God, please let me be a part of that. Please help me to believe like those kids believe. God, please help me to believe like Miss Sarah's babies on Sunday morning. That whatever she says is gospel. Help me to believe that whatever your gospel says is truth. God, I ask you right now for the spirit of truth to penetrate us. God, I ask you right now for a spirit of conviction to fall upon us, God. And God, that we would know, Lord, that we as your people need to repent. God, we repent. We repent of the sins, God, of the, of the people of this community.
We repent, God, of the senseless acts, God, that's even performed on this land. God, we repent of that. God, we turn back to you humbly and say, heal our land, Jesus. Lord, we need you in this area. God, the world needs you. But God, you've given us a mandate over this area. So we take dominion in Jesus' name. And God, I thank you. I thank you for our group of believers who are going to believe right along with me. God, I thank you for our group of people who are crazy just like me. And they're going to believe, God, that you're going to do it. God, I thank you for that. God, give us an, un an unsatisfaction in our soul. God, to go after you harder. God, in the last days, let us not be swayed to the right or the left. Let us not get involved in all this racial nonsense, God. God, I thank you for what you're going to do. We break the curse of racism and prejudice in Jesus' name. We ask that your spirit would fall upon this area. Lord, we give you the praise for what you're going to do in our day, in our land. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great week. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy. His ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And if you believe that, he might just show up in your life and show out. Believe God. Thank you.